0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpowercom awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Did you only get tested maybe at this level once in four years, you know what I mean? You got a
1: balls to kick them. England
0: in possession. And much of this ball. And it it away again! Toby Flood. Don't for... say! This
1: is not soccer. This is not soccer.
0: Because in either game, life or rugby, the margin for error is so small. So here we are in Fukuoka on the southern island of Kyushu for the latest edition of the Irish Examiner's Rugby World Cup podcast. My name is Brendan O'Brien and with me as usual is my colleague and travelling partner Simon Lewis. So Fukuoka is our fifth city after Chiba, Yokohama, Hamamatsu and Kobe as we follow Joe Schmidt's Ireland team around the country and the hope is that this is a spot where they finally discover themselves and produce the type of performance against Samoa next Saturday on the 12th of October that reignites what's been a faltering World Cup bid. Today's show is brought to you by the 100% electric Nissan Leaf Ireland's best-selling electric car that could save your family thousands every year. Visit EVsavings.ie to see just how much you can save by switching to the 100% electric Nissan LEAF today. Nissan. Innovation that excites. So Simon, we're here in Fukuoka, literally a matter of hours. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the first impressions have been good and that this might be a base where the Ireland players staff and dare I say it, the media will enjoy themselves after what was a kind of a bizarre choice of location in Rocco Island and
1: in Kobe. It was kind of bizarre. I'm careful not to bite the hand that feeds here, <laughs> but uh, we we are we are guests of a nation, and uh, I'd hate to do the the citizens of Rocco Island, who I understand one of whom is Dan Carter, has an apartment oh, on Rocco Island, right. um, a man-made uh, island out in the Osaka Bay um, in the port of Kobe. You can't really see the water for all the cranes. Too. No, it
0: is a port. I think it that's the a good port. point to yeah. mention.
1: Yeah, but look, let's not knock it. Fukuoka or Fukuoka, whichever wow. way. That's the big question, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Um, it's it seems lovely, doesn't it? We, we're we're in, let's face it, we're in a much nicer hotel now. We're in <laughs> the we're in the team gaff, so it should be yeah. nice. So, um, yeah, we're uh, we're happy bunnies right now.
0: Put it yeah, in. and and I mean, like, it, it, it people might say that this is a you know unimportant stuff, but it, it really is. It does matter, doesn't it? I mean, these guys have been away from home for three weeks now, they were in Carton House for God knows how many months. and
1: So were the team. Uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but in fairness, like, I mean, those surrounds do make a difference and okay, hands up. I I had a bit of a go at Shutter Island, as we called it, in the column last week, but it was Kobe city was beautiful. A lovely, lovely spot. And, you know, we'd lovely beef and Mm. I had a, beautiful onsen and stuff like that and it was great but just where they were I mean it was what 45 minutes out in public transport yeah. it was a long way from the city and there was nothing to do on Rocco Island and you step out of the hotel here in Fukuoka and you can see the neon lights of the central city um, you know there's coffee shops around the place there's a massive what would you call it, a department store, a shopping centre?
1: Yep, huge with- multiplex cinema as well. And there's stuff going on and players need that. They, they they don't want to be, I mean, at the risk of harking back to 2007 where they were stuck on an industrial estate. That sends people, anyone spare. They're all human after all. And when you go abroad or or, or you're in any environment, whether it's work or pleasure, you want to have some stimulation and um i think they'll get it this week in for 9 days in Fukuoka and um and they're starting it with a weekend off which is probably the best thing for them after a fairly hectic uh 11 or 12 days three matches obviously in the middle of all that was a disastrous uh result against Japan um that has really rocked everyone back on their heels and the 35-0 victory over Russia um Thursday night now back in Kobe long dearly missed kobe is um you know has not eased any of the pressure in in any shape or form so it,
0: it kind of does say a lot about where we're at in terms of ireland's world cup ambitions doesn't it that you know we're we're putting some store in where they are and they can go outside and get a coffee um things like that you know there's been a lot of positive talk from coaches and players this week and uh, if i hear if i heard japan being talked of as a blip once i've heard it 10 times yeah a blip, losing, you know, uh, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're not in a good place. I mean, that's fair to say, isn't it? I mean, they're struggling for form. Uh, That Scotland result, which we raved about at the time, has been put into really sharp context, um, how bad Scotland were. And we talked about that in the podcast the first Mm -hmm. week, you remember, on a sliding scale of Ireland good versus Scotland bad. uh, You might have said that was maybe 70-30, and now it looks very much a, a different kind of equation there. So... How how good or how bad a place are they in right now?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, to pick on on that point, I mean, the Scotland game is now the the, the performance that looks like the blip, and that's a severe worry because Scotland wouldn't be the chief as uh, obviously their most important rival in Pool A, or so it seemed at the time. But they're not they're not one of the top four contenders for this for this World Cup this year, and Ireland had bigger fish to fry and they put Scotland away fair enough, but like they're gonna need to up their game considerably. Um if they are gonna have any hope of beating either a South Africa or, or a New Zealand in a quarter final. And um this again coming back to location, 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 this gives and the space that they've got now time wise, nine days to, to build into a Samoa game that can provide a real platform to go at the quarterfinals and maybe restore some momentum and maybe get some fluency back in their performance. Don't forget, I mean, there's a mix and match team on Thursday night. It wasn't the first choice team. Johnny Sexton looked pretty good, I have to say, in the first 40 minutes before he was withdrawn for whatever reason. It seems as if it might be preordained, although who knows with any island player anymore as as regards injuries or not having injuries. But um, so, you know um it's a long way off their 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 full test team um that will be expected to front up in a in a quarter final so I think there are mitigating factors some of which will also re- return to um from thursday night but um they yeah they're not in a good place they can't be in a good place because you know the any suggestion that that they're in a bad place is met with such resistance <laughs> <laughs> that it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You like, protest too much, exactly, sir. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And players getting snappy. Why? Do, what's wrong with wind beating a team 35-0? Peter Amani called them a quality Russia side. <laughs> now, look, I know it's all about respect and stuff, yeah. but... But, you know, even when even Russia's head coach Lynn Jones said they had zero zero one percent chance of winning that game, um, you know, as you say, the, the Irish players protest protest too much. Yeah.
0: And, and on that, that note, I mean, we were both at the, the briefing again this morning in Kobe before we left and Rory Best was up and he, he talked very, very well. And a lot of those thoughts will be in the Irish Examiner in Saturday's edition. Um, but what, one thing that struck me, I think, earlier on in the live um, section was he was talking about an Irish team doing the basics right. And this is stuck in my craw over the last <laughs> couple of days. Every time I hear this, I'm thinking, I, I don't hear Steve Hansen or Razzie Erasmus or Eddie Jones at this stage in a World Cup cycle talking about doing the basics right. And this is a team that's been encamped together in nearly four months. And you talked about mitigating factors and war. <clears throat> the, the humidity in, in Kobe, 11 changes, it wasn't their first team, but how many reps did those guys do together? And one image that sticks in my mind from Thursday night is Bundy in oceans of space, maybe not far outside the Russian 22, a dropping ball coming to him. Nobody within, you know, I don't know, 10 yards of him. And the ball, it didn't just slip through his fingers. It, I think it missed his fingers, and these these are basics that a team that was so so on so good so so down with the basics in twenty eighteen all these games we've seen them do this now and it's it, it's just it, it's a repeat pattern it's the same show we're seeing the whole time so um,
1: as as sometimes you know Rory best quotes are you know sometimes <laughs> it's it's almost default we need to do the basics well I think the difference is. The All Blacks and the Springbrocks do spend time on the basics quite clearly. It's drilled, it, it's in their drills every training session. They just don't talk about needing to do them well. They're, it's a given that they're going to do them well. And and yeah, Ireland shouldn't be scrambling around doing, talking like that really, should they? Um, you know, that Bundiaki miss was symptomatic of a team that... that isn't totally focused to me or certainly a player that wasn't totally focused um, and that's not what you've come to expect from a Joe Schmidt side so I, I just wonder you know where where's it going where's all this leading to Has, have we reached you know the the Nadir is, there, is it the only way up because we've reached a couple of Nadirs already this summer and and oh, I don't know it's a bit of a concern isn't it for all for all the positivity that you want to believe from the island camp, there's just something nagging away that tells you we'll all be home after the final.
0: Yeah. And, and Roland Agarra has spoken about this in Friday's Irish Examiner in his column as well. I mean, it, you know, the standout quote, and it is, he feels confidence is skin deep in there. And there's a line in it where Raj says, I get it. You know, he's been there. He's been at world cups Absolutely. where, where things have been difficult. And, how difficult it can be to turn it around and and you know somebody said it during the week you know there's no lack of effort and but that's t- totally missing the point isn't it it's not about effort it's not about it, it, momentum is a very very you know silky thing in sport it's very hard to get it and sometimes when you get it you can't stop it and sometimes when you don't have it it's just impossible to get it back isn't it
1: yeah I think he, he refers to kind of pushing the envelope too much trying too hard forcing things because that's certainly been um Ireland's pitfall or one of them in the in the past when they get behind in games and they obviously they didn't go behind until late on against Japan but when you are chasing things you force things and and more mistakes happen so and that is a knock on effect for confidence as well because if you're not executing well then you're not gonna have confidence, are you? And you're not gonna get momentum without executing well. So it's kind of a, a, a vicious cycle, really, isn't yeah, it? Like that yeah. that you know, how do you snap out of it? And and Rory Best, in fairness to him, has has made quite a few suggestions about how they get better, um, how they how they fix these things. And one of them was not looking too far ahead, focusing on the next moment, don't get, you know, it's a, it's a mantra for them or it has been in the past next job focused rather than exacerbating the, the 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 general demise by making mistake after mistake and and that includes looking ahead to a quarter final which i suspect Ireland were going into that japan game they took the, they they could you know they went 12-3 up inside 20 minutes and and didn't go for the joggler and and that was part of the problem that and handing the momentum and the front foot to japan getting the the japanese crowd behind them in shizuoka it's it's a it's a snowball effect and ireland were on the wrong end of it and 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 that's it in a nutshell really that they have to kind of just snap out of this downward spiral
0: and it has been worrying the fact that what was it, an hour against Japan without a score? Was it a half an hour against Russia mm. who played for 60 minutes without uh, with 14 men? Um, these are all very worrying statistics and you don't need statistics even to kind of, you know, bear the truth of what you see with your own eyes. But let's be a little bit positive, I suppose, just for yeah. a change to balance it. Yay! The defence has been very good. I mean, the defence was, especially after Twickenham, Um, was held up as a, oh my God, this is a car crash waiting to happen. Now, again, let's put in perspective who they've played, but 22 points in three games, one shutout. Scotland kept three points. Um, This is Cup Rugby, and the conditions, which we might as well mention here as well, the All Blacks made 12 handling errors against Namibia the other night. Uh, Five knock-ons, now their average is four, so that wasn't a huge huge amount more. But we're seeing in this World Cup that Playing attacking rugby and keeping the ball in your hand is a difficult situation. So can Ireland if they just kind of, you know, rein in some of the, the mistakes in the, the attacking line and if they continue to defend and keep score lines down, can that be enough to maybe punch through and, and get them through this low?
1: Quite possibly, because what Ireland do when Ireland are doing well, they're doing the basics well. We're back to that again. And and that's not making mistakes. That's executing. That's not dropping the ball over the line, um, as happened on uh, the other night in Kobe. I think it was Ian Henderson who was who was at fault. That's getting your line outs right and and and, and doing that all all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's not rocket science, is it really? <laughs> you know, it, it, as complicated as some of the laws of rugby are, it's quite a simple game in terms of what you have to do to execute a, an efficient game plan.
0: But isn't that the frustrating part of it? Do you know what I mean? There, there, it, it seems... Yeah. It seems it's, I thought it, it, you were
1: trying to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a downward spiral, Brent.
0: <laughs> that didn't last very long, in fairness. But I mean, that is the frustrating part of it, that they are basics. It's, you know... If if Ireland were doing the basics right and they were, if they'd got through to this point with three wins, we would probably still be looking at it going, I mm, don't know, is that enough to beat the All Blacks or, or South Africa in, in a quarter final? But at least it would be the basics. And it's the fact that those basics aren't right. I mean, you talk about an hour without a score against Japan, a half an hour against Russia. I keep coming back to this. We were both at this game, the All Blacks and the Springboks. The All Blacks won that game in three minutes. Mm. Three minutes. And you look at the first, after Rob Kearney's opening try for Ireland against Russia the other night, the next 12 minutes were abysmal. I don't think they did anything right. And that was with Jonathan Sexton on the pitch. That's 12 minutes of misadventure from an Irish side, which is four times as much as South Africa put in, arguably, and that was more about All Black brilliance. Mm. So th- these are the margins we're talking about here. You know, it's it's a worrying situation. And then we come to... You know, another aspect of this, um, the injuries. So where do we start with the injuries and where do we finish?
1: Well, a number of them have been injuries in training, um, soft tissue injuries, Robbie Henshaw's hamstring. Um, now, he's he's been training um, away for the last couple of days, I think he took part in a full training session, uh, what's during the captain's run. Apparently, he's ready to go. Um, they stuck with him. Some players may have been sent home, in you know they wouldn't be prepared to wait for him. But they've waited for him until Samoa. He's obviously an integral part of of Joe Schmidt's thinking. As as we've said before, he was probably in line to be the starting thirteen alongside Bundiaki in that midfield against the Scots. Um, Gary Ringrose has stepped in and. You know, put in a, a, you know a Trojan shift three three lots of eighty minutes. He could barely celebrate his try when he <laughs> scored um, the other night against Russia. The, the fifth try, the fifth and final try. He had another one disallowed, by the way. Ireland Island did get over the line uh, more than the five times and um, two disallowed tries. I think it was in the end, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah. Um, who else have we got injured? Chris Farrell um, missed. Thursday's game against Russia with a concussion the game just came too soon he faced the media today he he looks fine he should be part of the, the selection equation um, the real worry is Geordie Murphy who's um, who only turned up last Sunday in Tokyo joined up with the squad in Kobe the next day um, as an injury replacement for Jack Conan who fractured his foot and has apparently popped his rib um, quite early on against Russia. He was facing a scan the last we heard. Um, that was today, Friday. Um, so maybe over the weekend, the RFU will tell us the results of that scan. Or, or maybe not. Or maybe they'll just put someone on a plane and <laughs> <laughs> and send someone out and uh, Geordie will be uh, shuffled back off to, to, to Ulster. So who knows? But um, yeah, the other injuries um Rob Carney came off with tightness in a, in in his groin um you have to assume he'll be absent this weekend or the, the weekend after next against Samoa and and then the other concern for me at least is, is Joey Carbery whose ankle injury against Italy August the 10th has come back to haunt him um what was the what was the description of what happened to him during the captain's run or after he reported irritation, whatever that means. Mm. Yeah. You know? Um it's clear clearly an issue. He's had injuries there before. Um he's having a terrible run, um, both with Munster and Ireland. Um but whenever we've seen him, he's been pretty sharp, hasn't he? Um yeah. he he was electric in that first fifty minutes against Italy during the summer. Um and you just wonder you know, is it more than an irritation because we we'd never get the full picture and i understand the privacy issues around that as well that players insist upon or have the right to ins- insist upon but you know are they covering up something that's 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 worse than it actually is it's it's an awful shame if if he doesn't get to participate fully in this world cup
0: a shame and a huge blow as well i mean when you consider how important johnny sexton is and when you consider everything that went into Getting Joey Carberry down to Munster and, you know, with a view to avoiding the situation that happened four years ago when Ian Madigan um, came in for Johnny Sexton in that quarter final against Argentina with very little rugby at 10 under his belt. But I mean, that, that's all very true. And yet one thing that stands out for me in the last week is the issue suddenly with the back row. I mean, even when Ireland were, let's face it, crap, the back row was considered an area of strength for Ireland good, bad or indifferent, we seem to have this conveyor belt of options in the back row. And yet here we are in a situation where, with Dan Levy out and Sean O'Brien out, and you can even go back to when Jamie Heaslip got injured, suddenly we're in a situation where CJ Stander is really the only fit number eight. And he's the guy who doesn't normally play a number eight. So we're in a situation now where there's bare bones in some aspects of the squad, which is not great when we have... The Samoans coming up in Fokorka, as we will call it, on Saturday week. So what are you expecting team-wise from from Joe Schmidt? Because obviously all going well and beating Japan, the team would have been very different to what it would likely be next week.
1: It will. I mean, it's. I suspect they've kind of had to have a, a major rejig because they lost Sexton for the Japan game, which kind of alters what they want to get out of him. Um, he played 40 minutes. I don't think we'll see him against Samoa, given the Samoans um, ill-discipline over their first two games. They played Japan as well. So who God knows who who else they're going to lose to a, a sighting or whatever. Hopefully not. But um, they've also got some injuries themselves in the back row as well. So Jack Lamb's come back uh, from an injury. And I think they've lost their number eight as well. Um, so there's you know it's it's a it's a tough one to choose a team against the week before a semi-final i mean a quarter final don't let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> again next game focus yeah um yeah so you know they've got this week's lead into samoa but it's it could be an awkward kind of test for for ireland because you know samoa will want to go out with a bang um they literally. literally and um obviously we don't know what they're going to do against japan they might they might cause a shock who knows I don't think so judging on, on watching them last Monday against uh, Scotland because they looked pretty atrocious didn't they they did yeah so but selection wise yes um, yeah yeah what does he do he, he's going to have to keep some some players wrapped in cotton wool I would suspect um, you know some players need time Robbie Henshaw's going to need to play Gary Ringrose needs a rest he's played three consecutive mm. 80 minutes Um and you know, um, you'd want to see Joey Carbery back, ideally, but do do they risk him again? Now that's another conundrum. So does Jack Carty start yet again? You know, and who who backs up as as, as fly half? Um, it's, it's it's so
0: so many questions, which which yeah. we which we didn't expect to have at this point in the World Cup, and no. and that's the thing about it. So, given all this talk about personnel, let's wrap it up on some comments from Simon Zebo today about the RFU's overseas um restrictions on players uh representing their country and let's go back to the start of the World did Cup.
1: You that? I don't
0: know. Is there something in it for him? I don't know. I don't know. But let's go back to the start of the tournament. Simon obviously was part of a very tongue in cheek video for a certain company um wearing a beret and doing Japanese or wearing um Japanese garb and learning the Japanese language and all that. So he he sees it from a tongue-in-cheek point of view, but it's a serious point that some people come back to now and then. And you look at a player like Simon Zebo or, or Donnica Ryan, who are playing overseas, and what we wouldn't give to have them in the squad at this point in time. Like, you put those two lads alone into this squad now, and suddenly you feel a little bit better about yourself. So <clears throat> this is an argument that goes back and forth. I know my views on it where do you stand on it? Should there be some sort of Aussie or Welsh type exemption for these guys, or like Argentina do in world cup year, they allow the guys who, who don't play for the Jaguars to come back in and Hey, here you are, put on the, put on the famous Jersey and we'll do it for one year only.
1: Yeah. Um, there's i don't think there's many island supporters that wouldn't love to see simon zebo back in an island shirt i mean he brings so much to the to the party and it is a party so it would <laughs> seem when he does come back and there wouldn't be many long faces in the squad i'm sure there's characters in this island squad um as it is but 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 zebo does bring something extra to morale to to your attacking options um and, you know, but he's not going to get a World Cup spot um, and Joe Schmidt's tenure is is on, you know, it's limited now. He's leaving. Um, will that policy change? I don't think it will. Um, the Australians had a 60 cap policy, I think a minimum 60 cap policy of, of who was eligible to go abroad and still play for their national team. Um, maybe that is a good idea. But I understand why Joe Schmidt fought so hard for this. Well, what is a policy that's still not an actual policy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a task, it, it, you know, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah. But um, I understand. Yeah. And, you know, you want to keep all your best players at your beck and call uh, under your supervision. I get it completely. Um, but it's just, when it's someone like Ziba or Don, Donica Ryan, who can still have something to you know to contribute um you know it, it it's the personalities involved makes it difficult to to, to st- stick hard and fast mm-hmm. to your rules it's lucky none of us are in charge of the <laughs> island management god forbid because uh, there, there'd be no one left to pick they'd all be in the premiership <laughs> or the top 14 but um yeah it, it's it, it will run and run but it it in a way it's a futile conversation because the RFU have, are sticking to their guns and I, I don't blame them in a way. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's a, a what's if that we'll never know really at this stage. Maybe that'll change down the line. not
1: playing this weekend anyway.
0: Not for Ireland anyway. Um, so that's it for, for this uh, edition of the Irish Examiner World Cup podcast. We've got a fantastic weekend coming ahead. Ireland may not be in action, but we have Japan and Samoa playing, um, which obviously has a bearing on our group. And then you have England versus Argentina and France versus Tonga. So that group is going to be going to, going to go a long way to being decided. So the Irish Examiner Rugby World Cup podcast with the Nissan Leaf, the world's best-selling electric vehicle. Book a test drive today at Nissan.ie. Nissan. Innovation that excites.